As the coronavirus pandemic has shut down the economy and forced Americans into their homes, the city of San Diego acted fast to offer a solution to those without one. Today, hundreds of homeless individuals moved into the San Diego Convention Center, where they have access to basic facilities during the pandemic. Learning from past mistakes, local governments have used the slowdown as a means to provide one of the most basic human needs, shelter. Today is Wednesday, April 1st. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your coronavirus update, a special episode of your San Diego News Fix. Gary Worth, you cover homeless issues at the Union-Tribune, and amid this pandemic, there has been lots of concerns about how to best protect San Diegans who aren't able to self-isolate and stay at home. So when you walk us through some of the things that different levels of government have been doing to make sure that these individuals don't get sick. Right. So the first thing that they did was uh, put up some hand-washing stations. uh, And, um, you know, I forgot the number, but there's, uh, I think there's a couple of hundred out. And uh, obviously that idea is just so that people who don't really have access, so uh, washing their hands uh, frequently, as we're told to do, will now have at least something around uh, their neighborhoods where they they can go wash their hands, which is uh, vitally important to try to keep the spread of this virus uh, from spreading more. Uh, the other thing that they're doing on a, on a big level is a good, like, 2,000 motel rooms throughout the county, uh, and they've given, uh, allocated, like, 400 of those rooms uh, to the Regional Task Force on the Homeless. Uh, and the public health rooms, uh, as they're called on the county level, those are used for people who... Um, might be showing symptoms or even be infected, but they don't have a place to quarantine or isolate themselves. Uh, that includes a you know a population of um, you know a lot of different people, but also homeless people. Though now at the regional task force on the homeless, those 400 some rooms, they're specifically for homeless people who might be vulnerable but aren't necessarily even showing symptoms, but could catch it and it could be uh, pretty bad if they did. So they've been using um, those rooms for uh, those folks. Also, they're um, concerned that some of the bridge shelters, as they're called, uh, that the city operates, are not in the best um, conditions for uh, keeping the uh, the virus from spreading because some of the beds are too close together. So the first thing that they did was over at Golden Hall, they moved a good number of the women uh, who were... Um, in this women and, and family shelter downstairs from Golden Hall to uh, a place where the beds could be spaced out a bit more. And then they took 55 families who were upstairs at Golden Hall and they put those in some of the motel rooms. Now, finally, what they're addressing today was what do we do about these other big bridge, bridge shelters as well as other uh, shelters that are around the, um, around the county? So in a really big decision, what they're doing is moving uh, people out of bridge shelters starting today into the San Diego Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And they're putting them into Hall H, which actually everyone who's ever been to Comic-Con knows Hall H really well. It's the, it's the room where people spend the night to try to get into. It's where all the big stars go to promote their big blockbuster movies. That's now filled with 750 small fold-up cots, so it's much much less glamorous uh, look to it these days. Um, about uh, 430 people from the Alpha Project Bridge Shelter are moving in today. 
Next week, there'll be some more people moving in from an interim shelter that Father Joe's operates. Ultimately, they want to expand that up to 1,500 beds, and that will uh, make room for people who are unsheltered and out on the street now. And there's still, like the last count, there's like 4,500 homeless people who weren't even in shelters. So they hope to bring those, well, some of those people in. They're only going to have 1,500 beds, but they're going to try to find housing for people while they're in the convention center shelter, making room for more people who are unsheltered to come in. Now, finally, we don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, the, you know, like the Comic-Con is a really big event, uh, as I uh, mentioned, and Hall H is very famous for that. And that's scheduled to start in July. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, this uh, we, we won't be operating this uh, shelter in July, but, um, you know, there's just so much uncertainty about, uh, about what's going on. And, you know, nobody is projecting it to go that long, but nobody is saying that we know when this is going to stop either. Mm-hmm. So in the past, both the county and the city have been criticized for being slow to serve the homeless when it comes to public health crises. For instance, the hepatitis A outbreak that killed uh, 20 individuals is kind of seen as what you shouldn't do. So how would you characterize the response this time around? Have things been a little bit more efficient? Well, I do think there's, that there are some lessons to learn from, uh, from uh, the Hep A outbreak. Um, and that did kill, what, 40 people and um, uh, hospitalized hundreds of people. And one of the things they did then was to put up hand-washing stations. And it was one of the first things that they did now, but they're going beyond that. You know, with these motel rooms to isolate people, because this is a different type of virus, and it can spread uh, in a different way, and it's much more contagious. So um, it's yet to be seen about how they're doing it, but so far, um, we've only had three people who were unsheltered who were have been infected, and that just uh, was a number that came out yesterday, and there hasn't been any person identified with having uh, having the virus in any of the shelters yet. But they were worried that that was going to happen because people were too close together in, in the beds, especially at one of the Alpha Project shelters where I saw yesterday the beds were, I think, less than three feet apart and we're all told to stay at least six feet apart from one another. So um, they're, they're taking much more steps, uh, you know, and uh, probably spending a lot more money, uh, too, these days to uh, try to um, curb this from spreading among the homeless population, which people have said is a very vulnerable population uh, to catch this for a number of reasons. One is just the demographics of who is homeless. A lot of elderly people, a lot of people with underlying health conditions are homeless, but also they simply just don't have a place to shelter. They don't have a place to stay away from one another, and they don't even have a place to wash your hands sometimes. And they're not really adhering to the uh, six-feet social distancing rule. I saw that driving down 17th Street and 16th Street yesterday where people are huddled together, uh, sitting on uh, against a wall or in front of God's extended hand waiting for that uh, place to open up because they serve food. And, you know, you just it's startling to see that these days because you want to say Please spread out, though, because we're all told uh, we should not be huddled together like that, and 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 people really are like shoulder to shoulder, uh, huddled together in places downtown these days. 
So what's been the outreach strategy for telling individuals who haven't been in a hel- in a homeless shelter, who are just living on the streets, like if has there been groups of county and city employees kind of letting them know, hey, there's a worldwide pandemic and you're in danger? Yeah, that is going on. Uh, public health nurses are going out with homeless outreach teams, uh, you know, meaning that the police department's homeless outreach teams uh, throughout the county, and several jurisdictions have those teams. And I think they're also going out on their own. Uh, they've distributed many hygiene kits, and also uh, I understand they're talking with people, just educating them about the pandemic. There's lots of rumors that are out there about the pandemic still. It's been a couple of weeks when uh, this happened, but I, I was out talking with some people in encampments, and they said they hadn't heard of this pandemic, and, and by then you thought that maybe people had. And there's also weird rumors that are going around, uh, you know, people thinking that they can't get it for this or that reason. And, you know, so they're battling, um, you know, education, and they're battling hygiene, and they're just talking to people, they're giving them hygiene kits and advising them to, you know, use them, wash, come into shelters, uh, you know, if they're available. And uh, that's been the strategy so far to do the outreach. But as I said, it's clear that the word isn't getting out to some people who are out uh, on the street and obviously are not practicing uh, uh, social distancing. Mm -hmm. And what's the strategy when it comes to mentally ill homeless people, as we know that that's a problem in that community? Uh, I don't really know what they're doing differently for the um, mentally ill people out on the street. There's always been uh, what are called per teams, uh, psychiatric emergency uh, response teams that um, you know, do go out with with police. Um, but um, no, I don't. I don't know specifically that uh, there's any kind of additional focus on on them. But it's more broad to all homeless people out there, no matter their their mental state. Uh, um, you know, because this virus is so contagious. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it earlier with uh, the county purchasing hotel rooms, which, you know, are not full right now because everyone's staying home and not participating in the economy. But uh, what's the process for these individuals to be selected to go into these hotel rooms? Because certainly for housing advocates, you know, this is somewhat of a point of contention being like, oh, it took a pandemic to house these homeless people, you know? Well, they're not open to just anybody who thinks that they might need them. They have to be referred uh, to them. So, um, you know, the process, as I understand it, is that uh, would be um, a, uh, you know, public health nurse uh, might um, check out somebody, uh, see what their symptoms are, and then they would recommend them to, um, you know, to be able to use one of those rooms. Uh, but at the same time, the Regional Task Force on the Homeless, uh, they have more than 400 motels themselves. And um, those people, uh, the uh, caseworkers who, who deal with uh, them, they they would see who might be somebody who could best benefit from being, you know, placed in one of those motels. But again, it's, it's, it's got to, it's not something that somebody comes forward and makes a phone call and and uh, just has a room for them. Uh, they have to go through uh, the regional task force or uh, the county who would be diagnosed by a nurse, um, and that's who those rooms are reserved for. Mm-hmm. 
And when speaking to leaders at different forms of government, are they confident that this approach to protect the homeless community is effective? Yes, uh, they're confident that this is the right step because when you think about what we understand is important, it's, it's hygiene and it's distancing and it's getting people uh, you know, just to isolate, uh, to quarantine themselves. Uh, so we know that that's what everyone should do. So in that sense, uh, it is what makes sense to do. But at the same time, we've never been through anything like this. So I think people are just brainstorming and uh, coming up with what should we do and looking what other cities are doing. Um, someone said today that this was an idea that came up 10 days ago, and now today we're opening the San Diego Convention Center as a homeless shelter that's going to have 1,500 cots along with um, you know, food services, um, you know, caseworkers, laundry service, and, uh, and showers. Uh, so they're able to put together something huge relatively fast, uh, you know, considering you know, how many players are involved in doing something like this. So is it you know, that people confident that we're doing the right thing? It's like a question of, you know, how much do we really know about what's going to happen? And, and I think just on all levels, uh, you know, people are making the best decisions that they can think of, uh, though, and we're just going to have to wait and see. But people are still expecting this to be a really tough time, uh, though. And so far, we haven't seen a great number of deaths. We haven't seen um, you know, numbers of infections and deaths in, among the homeless population, but they're trying to stay one step ahead of it and realize this is a very vulnerable population and this is something that really could explode in, in, in shelters and it could explode you now on people on the street, you know, and um, it's just unfortunate that we have that many people who are homeless and it took this to try to find a place, find a way to get people off the street. Uh, but uh, this was a catalyst for, for doing that, and, and maybe it will set in motion some other ideas in the future when all this is over, and uh, maybe we could use public buildings, maybe other strategies, maybe something will come of this that will know how to better address homelessness in an emergency situation. And I don't know if that's any kind of silver lining for anyone, but uh, things are in motion now, and we're seeing a level of cooperation that people said they've never seen before among city and county agencies. Uh, so we're all hoping to, to get through this. Yeah, it does seem like this pandemic, in a strange way, has caused us to re-examine many systems that have inherent inequities, and people are beginning to ask why in louder and more different ways than before. So, you know, assuming we can survive through this, hopefully we can build a better society that's more equitable and kind of right some of the wrongs that we've been ignoring for however long. That's a great point, yeah, that uh, may what comes out of this, and this may unfortunately not be the only pandemic that in our lifetime that we'll have to deal with. So um, maybe there, there will be lessons to learn from this, and we'll be better prepared next time. And maybe we'll have more solutions that we haven't even thought of about how to deal with our homeless population after we come out of all this. Yeah, I wanted to say that uh, they are reaching out to other shelters right now uh, to see if, uh, you know, who else might come into the San Diego Convention Center. And there's just so many moving parts that they don't know 
or the next one is the uh, Father Joe's has an interim shelter, and uh, Deacon Jim Vargas told me today that they would be moving people in from there. Um, uh, there's a, a shelter in Vista, it's a small shelter called Operation Hope, that recently said that they may have to close because of funding. They reached out to them, maybe they'll come in. On the other hand, um, Haven House in, in Escondido, uh, run by Interfaith Community Services, um, they don't need to move into the convention center. They're, you know, in Escondido, that would be a, a long way to, you know, relocate people, uh, but they've moved half of their people into motel rooms. So they've created social distancing. Um, and this has also affected um, the um, uh, the rest San Diego Rescue Mission. They, they had a emergency shelter that was open every night just for women and children. And they're no longer taking people in because they thought that they couldn't take the risk of having people go out and come in every day and they might um, infect their population. So as of um, tonight, they've, they're not doing that anymore, but they are um, relocating people to uh, Golden Hall, and uh, some families have gone into their program, and some have gone to programs with the Salvation Army, but they don't anticipate using the convention center, uh, too. But that's just another example of another agency that serves the homeless that has been affected by, by this and has to and has had to quickly make some kind of adjustments to their program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this virus doesn't discriminate no matter if you're housed or not. Yeah, it, this virus doesn't discriminate from anyone. Uh, you know, we, we're we seeing um, famous people, we're seeing famous politicians getting it, uh, you know, um, and uh, as well as we're, you know, worried about the homeless population. But obviously nobody is, is safe, and everyone has to take precautions these days about it. All right. Gary Worth, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Now, your coronavirus update. San Diego County officials soberly reported an additional five COVID-19 deaths, bringing the county's death toll to 15. The region also logged 115 new COVID-19 cases, bringing the region's total to 849. According to the latest data from the county's flu report, social distancing might be helping. Last week, only 80 new flu cases were reported, which is an 84% decrease from the week before. The flu and COVID-19 are spread in a similar way, so this does suggest things are going in the right direction. An update from yesterday's episode, nearly 1,000 sailors have moved off the aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt, and 2,000 more will be off by Friday amid an outbreak of the disease on the ship. San Diego landlords have spoken out in response to the rent strike. The Southern California Rental Housing Association said that such a strike could have an effect beyond just landlords. While many landlords have taken it upon themselves to work with renters that have lost work due to the virus, there is no law that requires everyone to do that. On Wednesday, the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment sent a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom threatening a rent strike in 30 days if the state did not stop the collection of rent and mortgages during the crisis. If nothing happens, they say a statewide rent strike will start on May 1st. The San Diego Tenants Union says it can't wait for the strike to start until May 1st, as many groups are threatening, because San Diego renters have already lost jobs and already are suffering. Students applying to the University of California next year will have laxed application rules due to the pandemic. 
No SAT or ACT score is needed, nor will letter grades for this spring and summer's high school courses also not be counted for high school seniors who have already been admitted to the UC. Interest in buying a home in San Diego is on the decline, according to a new Lending Tree study. The report used Google Analytics to see what people were searching for as of March 15th, a few days before a lot of the major stay-at-home orders. It found searches for San Diego homes for sale were down 43% from its peak in 2020. It was the third biggest drop out of the 50 largest metros. A UCSD atmospheric scientist is pleading with surfers to stay out of the water during the pandemic. According to Kim Prather, sea breezes can make the spread of aerosols larger, meaning that you could be at risk if you're more than six feet apart. The San Diego History Center is asking you to be a part of history. All you gotta do is go to their website and you can participate in the project that documents how San Diego lived during the pandemic. And finally, Lizzo has surprised healthcare workers at Scripps Memorial Hospital with a lunch. Unconfirmed reports say it was good as hell. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read all of our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of the news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to unionship.com slash subscribe. Until next time.